Today's conversation is with Corinne Oakey of Breezeway as we discuss the changing nature of traveller behaviour after COVID-19. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new and what will help make your business a success. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. I'm super happy to be back with you once again. Summer is here. If you go with meteorological dates, you know, after June the 1st is the start of summer. For those of us who go more conventionally, we're going to wait till the June the 20th. But what the heck, you know, there's no more snow, although we did have a frost recently. However, no talk about the weather here today. We've had the most crazy busy couple of weeks with bookings, just a monumental increase in inquiries. And I think this is happening everywhere. I'm, I'm hearing about it all over North America, all over Europe. People are wanting to come out of hibernation. They're wanting to get out of lockdown and go and take a short vacation, although they are staying closer to home. They're not traveling so far. So if you're in a drive to location, this is an amazing opportunity for you. The problem for us, however, is that we are still in lockdown and we can't quite figure out how the government is handling all this. They've just extended our state of emergency to June the 30th. However, the emergency orders under the state of emergency expire on June the 9th. So we don't know if we can start renting on June the 9th or if we have to wait till June the 30th and our high season starts on June the 27th. So how is that going to pan out? So it really is a matter of wait and see. We're still in limbo. We have very little remaining in the way of availability for the summer for July and August, which is a great thing if we're allowed to go ahead with our rentals. If not, well, we'll face that when we get to it. But one thing we're noticing is the way that traveller behaviour seems to be changing. I thought we were going to get into this, you know, everybody will want a short break. They've been away from work a long time and maybe they'll be going back to work and can only take short breaks. But it hasn't been like that. There's been a huge increase in guests wanting longer term rentals, more extended stays. And going back to what we experienced way back in the early days of our business, which is back in the early 2000s, when grandparents used to come and rent a cottage for the entire summer. And then over the course of the summer, their children and grandchildren would come up and stay and maybe stagger that through different weeks through the summer. And we've seen that. We've seen such an increase in somebody wanting to rent an entire summer and just have their family come stay. So that's a different trend. I don't know whether that one's going to carry on. We just don't know. How often do I hear myself saying that at the moment? I just don't know. You know, there's so much uncertainty out there. But I read a really interesting blog post on the Breezeway website recently, and it was about the changing nature of traveller behaviour and the different personas we might have coming to our properties now. And 
I have long known Corinne Oakey of Breezeway, going way back to her days at Flipkey. You remember Flipkey? They were the ones that introduced reviews, live reviews onto their website. And I remember this outcry, huge outcry at the time. You know, how dare, how dare any company think that they can just post a review without vetting it first? You know, just fast forward to now when it's totally acceptable for anybody to post a review and it's it holds us accountable so that we work harder to make a place perfect so that we're stunned when we don't get a five-star review. Anyway, Corinne was working at Flipkey when, when we first started posting our properties on there and she has since moved to Breezeway, which is, well, she's going to tell you more about Breezeway as we go into the interview. So instead of me talking about it, let's move on over to my interview with Corinne and let her take it up. So I'm delighted to have with me today, Corinne Oki from Breezeway. Corinne, it's absolutely a delight having you here. We've sort of talked on and off through the years. We first met when you were at Flipkey. Yeah, what got you there then? And then after we just heard a bit about your background, I just want to talk about that time at Flipkey and, Mm. and, you know, getting into TripAdvisor and and all that. The good old days, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, I did. I started at Flipkey uh, in 2008. So it was just before the acquisition from TripAdvisor. And we were powering all of the vacation rental listings at that time on TripAdvisor's site. And I was there until about 2000. I mean, early 2015, I left. But I kind of fell into it. You know, I, as a young adult, I guess we'll say, I didn't, I didn't really get the idea of vacation rentals. But I guess looking back, we used to go to Ocean City, Maryland with my family and stay in condos. And, you know, at the moment I thought it was a hotel, right? I didn't, I had no idea. And then I nannied actually while I was in college for a family uh, and they had some homes down on the Outer Banks. So I really got to experience that side of it as well and uh, sort of fell into it. I had a friend who had seen this job. I was working in publishing actually running a wedding magazine um, for advertising. And she said, Hey, there's this great opportunity. You should check it out. And at the moment it was, do I want to go to a small startup business? And like, what is this? Is it going to work? What's it going to be about? How are people going to react? And you know, I've said this before, but it was probably one of the best decisions that I made in my career because I've I mean, I love this industry. I love the people in it. I love what all of these hospitality providers are offering to travelers. And I think vacation rentals are just such a fantastic place for so many people to build memories. And I've made a ton of memories in vacation rentals over the years and um, made some really good friends along the way. Yes. And I see you at every event we go to. Because, of course, now you're working for for Breezeway. We're going to come back to Breezeway a bit bit later on and talk about what that is all about. But, yeah, just going back to Flipkey, you know, we've been in business since 2003, and we've been talking recently a lot about Booking Direct. Mm -hmm. And I'm sort of really proud of the fact that we're 75% book direct direct bookings and just 25% reliance on the OTAs. And it suddenly got me thinking the other day that when we started in 2003, we were 100% book direct because that's all the was. 
So what, what happened? We went over to the dark side for a short space of time. Now we're trying to come back. But I guess you know, our sort of trip over to the dark side began with TripAdvisor. Because we'd happily, you know, we, we were one of the first companies, I think, you know, certainly in Canada to get on to FlipKey and absolutely loved it. You know, I remember that whole fight about reviews, about, yeah. you remember that, live reviews? Oh my God, you can't do that. Absolutely you can't post a review. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was, um, it was kind of crazy. You know, one of the things that I really liked about what we were doing at FlipKey at that time, and then obviously pushing over into TripAdvisor as the, as the business evolved was, you know, bringing guest reviews to this industry and, and giving visibility into the pre-booking process. You know, everybody was collecting reviews in some form or capacity, but most of them you didn't see until you were in the property, right? They were in guest books or notes that had been left in the unit. And so it was really, it was really exciting to see and, and to sort of help build that brand. And I think, you know, for smaller businesses, a lot of them are still pretty reliant on the OTAs. And, and I think that makes sense, right? They've got to get their name out. They've got to get business and, and attract travelers. Uh, I think so much of it is, you know, I'm sure what you've done to go to 75% book direct is build the brand and build the relationship with the guests when they're there with you. Um, but it's, it's definitely not an easy thing. You know, it's not an easy thing to do. It definitely is not because you're fighting now against these mega companies saying, you know, you can only trust us. The trust issue is a big one. Absolutely. And it's, and it's interesting, right? I mean, I've been in vacation rentals now for 12-ish years. And even as a consumer, I remember the first time I go down to, to the island of St. John a lot um, down in the Caribbean. And I was on Facebook actually in a group and communicating with someone and this owner reached out and said, we've got this great property. And you know, as the person who spent seven years at an OTA, I was like, oh, you can't book directly with like this random owner that I didn't know um, because I didn't, he didn't have a website or anything like that. So I think a lot of the folks who are doing this today have really built a great presence for themselves and, and prov- present this very professional introduction to their brand. And that's, that's really sort of a segue into what we're going to talk about today because such changes have come about over the last very short period of time. It's only eight weeks, eight to 12 weeks and life has changed and everybody's behavior has changed. You know, I was just talking in the introduction about how normal it seems now when you're walking down a street and somebody comes towards you that you, you know, I will move over to one side, that person moves over to another side. So you don't, you, you maintain this distance. And it's like, if you watch, if you're a bystander watching people passing each other, they're doing it without thinking now. Yeah, it's just so, become the new, the new normal. Yeah, it's just becoming part of their new behavior. And, and it's a shame, you know, I'm, I'm a hugger. And I, I just, I, know. I really miss hugging. <laughs> Well, I did, I did see somebody saying, but you can still hug trees. <laughs> well, that's fair, but it's not the same. Not, they don't well, hug you back. They yeah. don't hug you back. <laughs> um, I'm with you. I, um, I, I think the thing that I miss the most in, in this new normal, though, is just being able to see people's you know, facial expressions. I, I'm very, as my coworkers have uh, reminded me regularly, very expressive. And you know, so often I may not wave, but I may smile. And it, it's kind of taken a little bit to remember that like, I've got a mask on and they can't actually see that. And so you have to do now something a little bit more to demonstrate that. You sort of, yes, <laughs> I've got a sparkle in my eye. 
I'm really happy to see you, another person that doesn't live in my house. <laughs> well, at least we're getting that now. At least we're getting a little bit further out. So Absolutely. We're, we're seeing it reshaping people's everyday behavior. So let's bring it down into our sphere. So how is it reshaping traveler behavior, do you think? You know, how, how do you think our guests so, are, are, feel, are, are changing? have they changed in the past three months or so? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, for many locations, there haven't been, they haven't been able to have any guests. So we're just, you know, we're just starting to see what that looks like. And I know we had a lot of conversations with friends in the industry and clients and other vendors. And there were these really high expectations that as travel resumed, everyone was going to have all of these questions, right? How are you cleaning the unit? What are you doing? What products do you use? Who cleaned it? When was it cleaned? How long was it cleaned? And in reality, they were all asking, is the beach open? Is that restaurant that I love open? Can I get to the store that we buy the kids there? you know, annual trip souvenir from? Like, you know, those are the types of, of questions that they had. And and I think a lot of that has to go to the sort of the, the mainstream that the industry has has become, right? Like people are assuming that that vacation rental owners and managers are doing what they expect. You know, I remember when I came over to this, to, to Breezeway and I was talking to a friend and she said, gosh, I never even thought about like, what about when one person leaves and the next person comes and like, what happens to that, that house? And, um, and so I think that, you know, when I go to a restaurant, I don't think about what they're doing to safely make my food. I just, I trust and assume that that's being done. So I do think, I think that travelers are, are also doing that, but I think there's a lot of apprehension. There's a lot of, a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of nervousness about what that looks like. And I also think that these first sets of guests that are going to be coming into properties, I mean, they're obviously even more, I mean, they're aware, right? This isn't 2019. It's not January. Um, they understand uh, in some of these markets, you know, like your own, that vacation rentals aren't even open yet. And that this is something new that they're coming into, but they're still trusting that the provider is actually doing what they need to be doing. And so I think a lot of these folks are, you know, probably coming in a bit more self-prepared. Uh, you know, they're traveling. I I actually left, I was in, um, we're located in Boston and I I left there about two weeks ago and I, I drove over to my sister's in Ohio and and I brought toilet paper and disinfecting wipes and paper towels. And I was like, I've come prepared to, you know, to live at your house for a few weeks. And I think we'll see that with travelers as well. Yeah, um, I, think you're exactly, I think you're exactly right. I mean, what, what you said at the outset there about, you know, we had all these expectations that we'd be, we'd be inundated with the questions about cleanliness. And, and we've seen exactly the same. It's around about 20% of our inquiries are about cleanliness. And the rest are about, you know, is, is the, uh, are there going to be events in the local town? Yeah. Um, I think the traveler persona will change though, Heather. I think I heard this in one of our mutual good friend, um, Amy Highnotes, her virtual conference that she held early in, in Corona, uh, in the Corona days. Um, and at one of the managers who were on there were saying that, you know, that multi-generational travel, that multi-generational vacation where grandma and grandpa are paying and all the kids come and all the cousins come. Um, I think we'll see that older, the older generation or maybe the immunocompromised generation. Those are probably not going to be our first set of, um, of travelers coming in and, and staying anywhere, not just in vacation rentals. Well, we're, we're seeing a huge increase in people wanting longer 
term, you know, two, yeah. three weeks. And, uh, you know, over the past 10 years, that had gone down. It used to be the norm. And, it, and then that was the multi-generation group. But now it's the, the demand is three, four, five, maybe eight weeks. But you've got to have the best Wi-Fi because we're going to be doing Zoom meetings every day. And this is every day. Yeah. This is perhaps what we're going to be seeing is you know, people are working, you know, they're now working from home. Companies are seeing that their, their workers can work from home and still maintain productivity. And in fact, in some cases, you've heard even more productivity. And so it's working. You know, it's, it's, it's an experiment that was a long time in coming. And Google have done it. Uh, Facebook have done it, I think, saying, you know, stay home until 2021 and we'll, we'll review. So we're seeing people now more mobile to say, I, can, I don't need to be in my home. I can be any, you know, creating a nomadic persona, I guess. Yeah. And I, yeah, we're, I mean, we're doing the same thing. We're a small organization, but we just had a team meeting today and it was, listen, we will, we will open the office up and you can go into the office, you know, when it's safe to do so, but you don't have to, to your exact point, we've proven that you can be productive and, and um, we can work collaboratively over zoom, which I spend about half of my day on um, every day, but it's kind of wild. You know, you start to think about the general vacation opportunity for people. And now that vacation offer opportunity is sort of morphed into like real life. Mm-hmm. And I can go to this, this place that I love um, and I can work remotely there. But again, that I have the right Wi-Fi, that it works for my family, that there's a space that's quiet for me to do so. I mean, vacation rentals have always had longer, generally speaking, longer stays. Um, but I definitely agree. I think we're going to see a lot more of that as this continues to play out. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And we, we've been a bit blown away as to the, the changes that are happening. I mean, certainly with last year, actually, we saw a lot of changes. We saw a lot of changes in behavior in terms of, of people wanting shorter breaks, much more last minute. And now it's like there's been a reset and we're yeah. back to, okay, we're, we're going to come for a longer period and we want to book now because we have to book now because everything is getting booked up. There isn't, yeah. much, there isn't much available now in last minute. Yeah. And, it, and it's interesting. I mean, I do think that in some markets, those last minute, we'll see a shorter booking window, certainly not in all markets because the the supply just doesn't allow for that. But I think that there are a lot of people who are, you know, sort of waiting to see, you know, my, my friends and I joke, I don't want to be the first one to go to the hair salon. I want to go to the hair salon badly. Very badly. If you could see my hair, you would understand. But I, I'm not. I don't want to be the first one. I'm gonna let some other people do it. So I think in those markets where they can support shorter booking windows, we might see that. But there is no question that I mean, people are ready to travel. Yeah, they are. So so let's let's just talk about those people who perhaps are a little bit more conscious of cleaning issues. What are they going to be expecting when they walk into a home uh, compared to? pre-coronavirus, because we knew that a clean place always came pretty much at the top of everybody's criteria. What do they expect now? Yeah, I mean, I I think that they they are going to obviously continue to have a heightened sense of, of cleanliness. I think that we'll see, it will be interesting to see how hosts and, and managers tackle this, but we're seeing kind of a mixed bag between, we, you know, we've done, um, we recently rolled out and it's still in progress, a property operations survey. And about half of the respondents are saying they are actually planning to leave some sort of cleaning supply or disinfecting solution there for their guests to use. So it'll be interesting to see how, how that sort of plays out and whether or not folks end up going that route or not. 
But I definitely think that, you know, in those, in the scenario prior to COVID, we, anybody finding anything that wasn't clean or didn't meet their expectations in a property was always a big deal. Hmm. This is just going to magnify that, you know, 10 at, you know, I don't know that they're going to come in with this expectation that everything is glistening and shiny, but they want to feel like it's clean when it comes in. And, and that's just a feeling that you get, you know, right when this was all starting, I was I actually was in London for work, right? As the travel ban in the US came into effect. And I was, you know, a little apprehensive to, to get on the plane uh, to go, but I walked in and there was this immense, which would normally probably be off-putting disinfectant smell. And it oddly enough, immediately eased me to think, okay, this plane is clean, you know? And I think that the travelers will have that same expectation, right? If they come into a musty unit that maybe hasn't had the windows open, they may have that something's not right here reaction. But I, I think that generally speaking, you know, the, the folks who run really great um, vacation rental businesses, whether it's an individual host or it's a, it's a larger property manager, take a lot of pride in the work that they do and, and they're committed to that safety. So I think the guests are just going to want to feel that when they walk into the property. And, you know, maybe there's a lot of, there are a number of folks who are um, creating those tent cards um, in the unit that says, hey, your unit was clean. We have this rigorous process. But other than like what everyone has been doing, I think we're not going to see a huge uh-huh. incremental shift in like what a guest expects other than that feeling of cleanliness when they come in. I think you're, you're absolutely right, you know, because when, when all this started and I thought, well, if, if you already have these cleaning protocols in place, there's not a great deal more that you're going to have to do, but right. you've got to convince, you've got to go that extra step and convince the guests that it has been done. Whereas yeah. Before it was just, you know, an expectation. Now it's got to be almost a physical, physical evidence that that, yeah. that expectation has been carried out and the smell of disinfect. Because I, I used to say, I've always said, you don't want people walking in the door and smelling bleach or Clorox or whatever. But isn't it weird? Because you walk in and now you're just like, oh, that smells sanitized. It's, it's, you know, I have a, um, a lovely woman that comes in and cleans my home sometimes. And I walk in and there is, I'm like, yep, she did it. Everything's great. And it doesn't have that disinfecting, like it doesn't hit you, but it makes you feel like the, the unit's been, it's really, it's good. It's safe for me to be in here. Um, and I, I, you know, again, going back to the traveler, I think, if, if you're not providing it as a, as an operator, a lot of them may be coming with their own. I mean, I've always been the crazy person on the plane, wiping down everything that I might touch. And that's not going to change when I walk into a unit. I, like we talked earlier, I'm, I'm working remotely for about a month. Ne- um, next month, I, I am going down to St. John and I'm going to work. And, you know, I had some questions for the manager, but I've stayed with her before and I knew that they do a great job cleaning. And I'm like, I'll bring my own disinfecting wipes and we'll sort of go from there, make it my home away from home for a bit. I'm going to have to try St. John sometime. Oh, I'll let you know. I have lots of information for you. <laughs> yeah, because I joined my son Mike on, on their boat down because they had a boat in the Caribbean last year and they, were, they spent a year traveling through the Caribbean. Oh, amazing. I don't think they went to St. John. And yeah. I know when I was with them, it was just coming up. We, we went to St. Lucia and Martinique. And then I went back again in June and went to the Bahamas. And we came all oh, really? up the Bahama chain. Oh, wow. Wow. What an we incredible trip. To John, but I just Caribbean. I, I can't wait to, uh, to get Listen, to the again. <laughs> <laughs> I, absolutely. And I, I mean, listen, I'm in the industry, you're in the industry. We've been doing this for a long time, but like, yeah, there's definitely anxiety. Um, I do think 
it was a lot easier to jump in my car and drive to Ohio for a few weeks. Um, I'm nervous about the flight. But again, you know, the airlines have done a great job, just like so many hospitality providers have done, of communicating what they're doing and making you feel safe and, and that they have protocols in place to manage it. So we'll see how I feel on July 1st. But for now, I feel good about it. Yeah, well, you know, things change so quickly. So they, just they do. So I, th- I think it's important about conveying to guests, isn't it? Yeah. So what what you're doing to make a place safe for them. It's it's one thing them walking in and it, it looks and smells nice. But you mentioned the sort of tent card, which I think is, is a nice way of saying, well, somebody actually has been in here. What else can um, hosts and managers do to convey to guests, you know, the, the, the enormity of what they're doing to make it Absolutely. perfect for them. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it is, you know, I actually kind of look at this, Heather, in sort of a three-prong approach, right? You've got the, what you're doing pre-booking, what are you doing to make them feel comfortable and, and actually pull the trigger to, to book the, re- the vacation? Once they've booked it, what are you doing to continually communicate that? And then once they're there, um, there's sort of another level of communication that happens. But you know, as I mentioned, all of those are about over communicating and showing the guests that you've, you're, you've thought of and are taking all of the precautions um, that they may have. And so it, it's a little bit more about just, you know, helping them feel good about the decision that we make. I think with, you know, the pre-booking, it's all about communicating the professionalism that you de- that you de- display to your guests, um, making them really understand what you're doing to make sure the unit is safe. We've got a lot of, we've seen a lot of websites where they've put the banner right up, like, you know, how we prepare for COVID. I've seen a lot of um, managers really highlighting the clean it, the cleaners, not the cleaning process, but putting a face to this is our this is our housekeeping staff or this is our housekeeping partner and and they they do a b and c and you know these are the people making it that personal connection of who is going to be making sure that that house is imp- is clean is really important that survey that i mentioned earlier we asked you know what are you planning to do to drive you know drive consumer confidence really and I, that's not the exact way that the question was answered but about a third of the people actually said they're going to be placing information about their clean about their process right on those property listings. And we're actually at Breezeway, we're rolling out a program with with one of our partners, ICND, and they're actually, they've got a direct API from us where they can display the, the most recent cleans, when they happened, who did them, what type of cleans they were on those property pages for managers. So if that's something, you know, that, that's important to you, regardless of how you're displaying it, making sure people know that, you know, we've, we're doing this and, and that we've, we've already thought of these things and you're staying with a a professional who understands what needs to be done. And then once they're booked and, and, you know, leading up to that arrival, you know, there's anxiety. I said, I I feel good about the plane ride on July 1st, but talk to me as we get there. Right. What are they doing? You know, what is the process? We've made this really seamless. So many vacation rental managers have got keyless entry or lock boxes or door codes that they might be able to use. And so what helping people understand what's the arrival process? Are we meeting you? Are you just going directly to the property? Are you providing things to them, disinfecting wipes, masks, et cetera. What are those expectations? My my sister's neighbor here in Ohio, actually, um, their salons opened up a couple weeks ago and they made an appointment to go in. And the night before they arrived, they actually got, it was just a PDF that she, she texted to them that just said, hey, here's our protocol. 
here are the 10 things that you need to know um, before you come in tomorrow. And, um, you know, I think helping them understand what to expect is really half the battle. And it, it reduces some of that anxiety. It helps them feel more comfortable in what they're doing. And I think that's super important once they're, you know, once they're starting to get there. Um, and then, you know, we talked a little bit about what they do once they're there, but I think reassuring them specifically around maintenance, right? In a VR, unlike a hotel, you're not really interacting with them. Mm-hmm once they're there, right? Outside of maybe arrival or departure, um, except when there's an issue. And so communicating what's your process if something goes wrong, are you, you know, it's a little bit of a mixed bag from what I've heard. Some people are saying like, we're not sending anybody in when guests are in house. Other people say we'll handle urgent issues, but the guests have to vacate the property. So communicate that to them and, and let them know what to expect or how to best communicate with you. That's some great recommendations there because... Uh, you know, not not everybody is thinking sequentially through what might happen at at every stage, and certainly the maintenance is is something maybe some people haven't thought about. You know, yeah. what happens if something goes wrong? I know we're getting some work done on our place, and and the actual arrangement to get somebody to come to the house and come in and come and take measurements while we're still in the house is is a you know it's taking time it's taking time yeah. but if you're a guest in a place and somebody else is doing this arrangement for you you're going to want to know how that is going to be carried out so mm-hmm. that was that was a great tip yeah and i think too the only other thing i'd say specifically for guests who are in houses communicate what's going on where you are right we talked earlier everything is changing so quickly it's evolving so rapidly that like I may not understand exactly what's expected of me as a guest and I want to do everything I can to be respectful, but communicate that to me. You know, in Massachusetts, you've got to wear a mask when you're outside and that's just a rule. And if, if where the, the guest is coming from doesn't require that, they may not understand that and it may have a, you know, may have an impact. And we all know that, uh, that people find every reason to have a complaint and to, you know, to feel uncomfortable when they were going to get their lunch is, is just one thing that they'll complain about. Yeah. That's such a great point. And yeah, just, just telling them what, what the processes are in your, in your area, in your location, because it may be different from, from what they're used to. And yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd mentioned that in the, in the introduction, because I know that, you know, certain stores around us, you must wear a mask. We don't have to wear a mask in everyone, but some people are, and some people just have them in, in their pockets and they'll put them on when they go into this particular store. But it is just giving that information so that, so that people aren't putting themselves in positions where they might become uncomfortable. And that's the last thing we want. So if we can make as comfortable as possible, we've done our job. Absolutely. And it's all about the experience, right? There's, there's, I I don't know how many conference sessions I've been in that what, you know, what do everyone who provides vacation rentals actually provide? And it is about, you know, part of it is about that experience. And that has to do with external factors than the house or condo or, you know, chalet or cabin that they may be renting. Yeah. It may come down to the elevators. Yeah. Are elevators restricted to so many people? You know, not not something that impacts me because we don't have any building that has an elevator, but, you know, in an area where there's condos, then, then of course that might be something. So just add in all those things, anything that might impact them, in fact, from the moment they enter your state, if they're coming from out of state. Yep. A hundred percent. So, so talking about that, you know, what's the, so, so if you're a remote host, or manager, how, what is the best way for them to manage this process? Because they're, they're managing from a distance, they're hoping 
that their caretaker, their housekeeper, their cleaner is going in to do the right thing? What's the best way of, of monitoring? Yeah, um, I'm probably a little biased um, in this, but you know, I think a lot of it is is really making sure that you've got the right people and that they're doing what you're asking them to do. You know, it's a repeatable, scalable process that they um, that they can do uh, every time they go in to do this. And and I think honestly, you know, if you had somebody who was okay or was a so-so cleaner, I mean, that that person's no longer going to be someone that you can use. And I know that, you know, there are a lot of scenarios in which they do a good job, maybe not a great job, but they, they make sure that the work gets done. Now we need a great job to be done by everybody. I think, you know, if you work with, uh, you know, employees, this is a great time to retrain your staff and to reset those expectations. You know, you said it earlier, time to reset, right? Reset the expectations with your staff members about how, how you want to run your business, uh, reset the expectations with your contracted partners. If, if that's what you use about agreement on the, you know, the, you know, let us know what products you're using so that we're aware in case someone asks us, let us know what your process is going to be. Let's agree upon our new, new normal, our new move forward path together. Um, and I, I think, you know, when, when we look at, when I think about remote management, one of the biggest things is is communication. And that's hard. A lot of people that we talk to rely very heavily on email and text messages mm-hmm. and phone calls. And then the person says, well, I, I called you or I texted you this issue and you missed it because we're all human and you know we all have a thousand things going on. So I think you know being able to have a program or a, a process and doesn't even have to be, of course, we'd like it to be a program like Breezeway, but it doesn't even have to be that. Just to, here's what we're doing. Here's how we're going to manage that communication that isn't siloed. Um, I think that's super important as well. If if I just message you and you're the only one that knows that, but you're doing something else, the other, you know, whether it's a, it's a host or it's a larger manager, there can be, there can be some, um, some challenges there. Uh, I also think that as we think about social distancing, that communication interdepartmentally is super important. So if you do send uh, like an inspector or a QA person through after someone cleans, you know, communicating between them so that your inspector doesn't show up while your cleaner is still cleaning, um, reducing that kind of interaction is is probably going to be really useful and giving them a way to know exactly what has been done or not done at a property. You know, there's only about, in the survey that we did, about 95% of the respondents so far are doing some sort of a check. And that doesn't mean that it's a it's a QA person, a totally separate person who's following them. That may mean that, okay, you finished the clean and I, I'm stealing this from someone. I would give them credit if I could remember who actually said it, but they said, go outside, take off your housekeeper hat, and then walk back in as a guest with the view that a guest has when they come in. Does everything look right? And make another walkthrough if, if that's the only, you know, if that's the only person that you can have go in there. Have another set of eyes to make sure that property is clean because at the end of the day, that guest is coming back to you as the, the owner or the manager. If something is wrong, they're not calling that housekeeper to say that, you know, this isn't working. So I think it's an opportunity. I'm excited about this. I heard someone say on a, on a conference last week, we're going to come out of this a stronger company. And it's hard. It was hard to see through the fog. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening who are like, wait, what that, you know, um, 
but I think we're, we're kind of diving back into basics and, and really putting the right stepping stones and foundation for our business moving forward. Oh, I so totally agree. I mean, no, our company, we are definitely coming out of it better and stronger. You know, yeah. we made decisions early on, but particularly about cancellations and refunds. And it was a, it was a big gamble, but it, it paid off 10 times over. And yeah. we come out of it with a lot of goodwill and from both owners and, and guests but I, so something else you said there that, that really resonated with me was about, you know, if, if you're the only person that's going to be at that property, because that, that's the case with all our properties, because mm-hmm. they're, some of them are just so remote. Yeah, I remember have, that. Yeah, you can't have the, somebody else go in and check them up. You can't have somebody else driving the 40 miles and then getting on a boat yep. for 20 minutes. <laughs> probably that doesn't work <laughs> so so we are and this is something I did with with my property managers when I had my own properties was to say you know when you walk out put everything in the car and then turn around and go back in and now yeah. you're the guest and walk right the way through as if you're the guest and you're excited um you know you want to go in you're going to the bedroom because you want it to look just like it did in the pictures do that yeah. and it was it was interesting the feedback that we got from them when they did that exercise the first time and said oh yeah it's uh, you know I, I i forgot this or it didn't quite look as as good as on the pictures and i think we made you know we made a lot of changes through that yeah i don't, I don't think anybody goes through, you know and, and i think this is housekeeping in general um the whole operation side of the business often gets very little um very little love right it's uh it's often um you know, oh, we did this right or, or this wrong, or we missed this or we did that. But I think, you know, they're sort of the, they're, they're not sort of, they are the un- unsung heroes for a number of people because they are interacting with that property more than 80% of the rest of your staff is. Um, and they know it in and out and they know that this doesn't look right or this isn't where it was supposed to be. At, and I think that's super important. Giving them pride in their work too. Oh yes, absolutely. I remember remember the day, the the first day, I mean, it was years and years ago when I said, when I had a cleaner who went and did my property. I said, I'm going to stop calling you cleaner. I said, you're now the property manager. And yeah. she, her, her whole her persona changed. She was just like, oh, she puffed up, and I, and that was just a change from words from cleaner to your now property manager, and the, the difference in the style of, of the way she looked after the property after that was just, just so, so amazing. So yeah. Um, I love the, you know, the whole th- bit about monitoring process. And I think it's really important that you do have a process and that you can follow it all the way through. And if something goes wrong, you can go back and see what happened because yeah. I, I, th- I think there is the potential for more, claims, even lawsuits. I, d- I don't know. We just don't know what's going to happen out of this when, when guests come back in full force. Yeah. Because um, they will have higher expectations. And if those expectations aren't met, we need to be able to pre- face what may come from, from the the 1%. Yeah. So, and documenting the work that you do, all, all, I mean, this is a firm belief that we have at, at, at Breezeway, but like, you know, documenting the work that you do is super important. If you're a, a property manager that services homes for, for individual homeowners, maybe a little bit, little bit more of a necessity than if you're, you know, managing your own home. But if you're, you know, if you're the eyes and the ears and the, the only person 
really touching these homes, you need to, you need to earn your, you know, earn your keep and make sure that these homeowners know what you're doing. And, and there's no doubt in my mind that, that property management companies are doing a whole lot more than anyone that lists their home with them know. Um, But it's the communicating of that work that's really important. So we're big believers in, in documenting exactly what you've done and being able to communicate that. And to your point, not just, you know, to your point, not in my, like I said, like not just to the owner, but to your point, to the, um, to the guests as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So tell me what Breezeway does. I mean, you've, you've given us some really valuable information right the way through this. And I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit more about how Breezeway actually helps property managers. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to happy to give you a little glimpse in. So, you know, the, the founder of our company was one of the original founders of Flipkey um, back in the day. And um, we had a lot of really strong relationships. And as an organization, there's kind of a longstanding commitment to this industry and to building tools that can help people more effectively you know, achieve their work. And so Breezeway sort of came about because as, as we were talking, or as Jeremy was talking to, to other property managers and to people that he knew within the industry, so much of what was being built was actually being built from the front end, the marketing, the accounting, the reservations, the distribution. And there was that whole piece of the business that was sort of non-existent, right? A lot of it was requiring people to work off of pen and paper and, and, um, text and email, as I mentioned. Uh, And so really identified that this is sort of the the future of where um, vacation rentals are going. It's the actual, funnily enough, property management of the business. And so um, so Breezeways, we're a software and a mobile app that help um, operators coordinate, verify the cleans that they do, um, ensure the safety and quality of those properties, and ultimately deliver a, a better experience not only to the guests, but also to the homeowners. And so, you know, we focus a lot on scheduling and coordinating the tasks that um, that need to be done. A lot of it is all done through automation. So it can be aligned with your reservations and the processes that you as an organization have. It's going to automatically schedule those that work, communicate that work out to your team so that they know exactly what needs to be done. Not only that they need to go and do a, a job at a property, but what needs to be done when they're there. So we work a lot through customized checklists that are tailored to each of the properties that the work's being done in. And then there's communication methods between the uh, the app. So we have a mobile app that the team uses out in the field to complete that work. And it has um, offline functionality. So if you are in remote areas, you can still use it um, and still, still uh, be able to complete your work in the field, uh, but also be able to communicate directly from that app um, back and forth with the homeowners or with the with the property managers or, or your supervisor in the office so that we're keeping everything tied to that one task. And then while you're out in the field, if you do find something that's not working or broken, you can actually, you know, you can report that directly through there with photos and let them know exactly what needs to be done. You know, the maintenance piece, I think, is obviously really, really big. And one of the things that we found with one of our clients was that, you know, they had this list of things that needed to be done. And when they implemented Breezeway software, um, the first couple of tasks that got completed, she said, oh my gosh, like they've been supposed to be checking the mattress pads every time they come into the unit. And all of a sudden we've been inundated with issues with mattress pads. And, you know, she asked the team, why all of a sudden? And, and it was like, oh, it was just really easy to do, right? I'm in the app. I'm going through completing my work. I could tell you really quickly that there was something wrong versus 
going out, having to, you know, pick up my phone, find your number, text you, all that stuff. So, you know, I think that's super important because uh, like you said, right, that standard property appearance is super important to a guest when they walk in so that it matches what um, what they've seen online. And so by actually having um, a tool that your team can use at their fingertips to see how it's supposed to look makes it a lot easier for them to do their job, make sure that everybody's happy and that, you know, the units are are up to what people are expecting when they come in. So is there a minimum number of properties that people need to have? Nope, there is not. We work with, we work with anybody. I would say, um, you know, there's certainly a level, I I don't want to discredit the system to any means, but there's certainly a level in which this is really, you know, it becomes overwhelming. A number of properties where this becomes overwhelming. There's also a lot of folks who maybe only have a handful of properties today, but really want to deliver incredible care to those homes. They want to track the makes, the models, the serial numbers, how often, you know, they want to do recurring work. So there is, there's a wide range. I think we have clients who have two properties up to like 1800 properties in the system. So it really varies and um, it's, it's pretty customizable based off of what's important for you as a business owner. Well, from what I saw from, because I have a copy of your COVID-19 cleaning checklist. Okay. Which I, abs- which is just amazing. Oh, Good. Good. Uh, and I absolutely love that. I love the way it's presented. It's 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 clean. It's it's clear. Yeah. So if so if if the rest of what Breezeway does is along those lines, then I'm I'm endorsing it. <laughs> awesome. Well, I appreciate that. We um we and you know Heather, you know Justin Ford. We brought him on last year too, um, and he's our director of safety and um and certifications. And so he's actually in the process of uh, he's built out or finishing building out. Um, an STRSI, which is a short-term rental safety inspector program where, where folks can actually get certified. And um, we're working with a lot of folks on that. And he shared, I won't steal his thunder because I'm sure at some point he'll want to share it with everyone. But uh, he, through some of these inspections, he was able to find some pretty big issues that could have been uh, really detrimental if a renter was in a unit um, by going through and doing these. So um, we're excited to be tying that safety piece of the business into what we've already built through our operations and messaging. So we have a text messaging piece. I'm tying all of that together to handle operations. Yeah, that's perfect. I mean, I've had Justin on the, on the show before and always just mega impressed with, with his knowledge of, of vacation rental safety. Second to it is wild. It is, it, he's, he's really, um, you know, he's, I, I always joked that be, um, that I knew him as the firefighter who used to come to VRMAs, um, before I actually got to know him and his commitment to this part of the business. We're really excited to have him on board and, um, to be able to share with, uh, with the industry, all of the knowledge that he has. So. Yeah. Well, you have, you've, you've got a great team there and, uh, yes, I will, we will see you again at a, yes. Conference somewhere, perhaps not this year. One day, right? I, it's so funny. We were we were supposed to be gone. I think twenty five days in April, traveling, and and I spent all twenty five of them and more at my house. Yes. And I'm ready to get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, I don't. I don't see that there's going to be anywhere to go this year. I know Amy's still got her women's conference set for next February. We all need to go to New Orleans. Everyone is, everyone's going to be ready. It's going (laughs) to be a fun event for sure. So I may not see you till then, but in the meantime, thank you so much for, for joining me. You've, uh, you've just, 
given such valuable information and it's been oh thank you thank you for having me you know it's funny heather i was i was thinking back to when we first met and i think um right around when we met was when you were starting the podcast so it's great to see all of the success that you found with this uh with this as well so congratulations well thank you for that you know this this is going out i think as episode 341 and Incredible. We'll be around about six hundred and seventy thousand downloads. By, by wow! <laughs> All for this little idea that you had. Did you ever think it would become such a big thing? I, and do you know oh. the thing is, this, the the thing is about this business is that I have never been lost for somebody to come on the show. I mean, I do I do some solos, but that's just yeah. just being lazy. <laughs> you know, I've just talked to just about everybody in this business and but there's always somebody else to talk to who's got such such great information to share it is just such a business to be in I really appreciate you having me on this has been really fun and um and I'm looking forward to uh to listening to the rest of the episodes as they come out okay I just that's wonderful thank you that was great Thank you. That was so fun. Uh, you know, it's, it's so funny. I did, um, I did Matt's podcast last year. That was the first podcast I'd ever done. And I was like, this is so fun. <laughs> it's so fun to just get to like talk shop with people and you know, so natural. You're so completely um, natural, which is so, you know, f- f- from an interviewer's perspective, you know, the, the person who comes along and you, you ask a question and they, they give an answer and then go quiet. And then oh, that's not a problem you have with me. I go it. I've got through all my questions <laughs> in the first five minutes. Now, what do we talk about? Like, okay, so what's happening? Well, um, I, no. I always want it to be like a, a conversation, you know, if we, yeah. if we were sitting there with a cup of coffee. So that was, that was yeah. great. That was amazing. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And, um, and then, yeah, let me know and we'll, um, we'll blast it out on our social channels when it comes out as well. And, um, I'm really looking forward to it. Do you have any idea when you're thinking just so I can give them a heads up? Yep. It will be a week Wednesday. Okay. So the 10th, I think. Okay. Awesome. All right. No, no. This is great. Thank you very much. It might might be the 12th. (laughs) I don't know what day of the week it is. Listen, you'll laugh. I have a, um, (laughs) every day I have, because there were so many days where I was like, what day is it? And you know, on your computer, you've got the date, but I was like, but no, but what day is it? Yeah, I know. I I wake up every morning and go, it takes me a long time to figure out what day it is. It's Groundhog Day for sure. (laughs) Um, so, well, listen, this was awesome. I appreciate it. Take care. When are you guys set to reopen? Did I see mid, mid June? I think, um, our emergency orders are—they they, were—they were reset yesterday, to, but now to the 9th of June. I think we were i think we'll reopen before then because Quebec has opened now. I—I okay. um, I don't think they—and and Quebec is twice as has has twice as many numbers as we have. Yeah. Well, that's good for you. Like, you know, the one thing, and I, I, I didn't, um, I didn't say it and I wish that I had, but, um, one thing I would say to you, and, and you're probably already doing this, but, um, when we, when you reopen, one of the biggest things that we're hearing from people is, um, is not, is just not being ready, not being ready for the masses that they get, not being able to get their staff back if they've had to furlough them. So, um, food for thought, if, you yeah, know, I don't I'll, know what I'll, you- I'll put that in, in my uh, closing. 
because you know we are i mean we've we are so ready our staff are ready we've got our marketing ready so from the moment they say you're open the newsletter goes out the blog posts are published the social media posts we're just going to hit the airwaves yeah yeah i think yeah so and i mean are going oh 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 we're open okay now yeah. what? <laughs> we're not yeah and like you know so, so these managers um you know they're they're operating with half the staff, but twice the reservations because yes, you know it's exactly. and um, uh, we, we've got we've got two staff, um, and they are and, and just they they are run off their feet at the moment. But we can't bring the others back on because they're on you know work to do. We can't bring them back off the benefits because if if they close us down again, they yeah. may not get back on them. So it's. Anyway, we, we will reward them. <laughs> we will reward yeah. them. Exactly. You know, and yeah, that's exactly it. And I think that, um, I don't think that anybody in this industry isn't appreciative of their staff. I think, you know, that's one of the things that makes this such a good industry. It's the people, you know, and, and, uh, and so I don't think that there's anybody who's not going to go above and beyond for the folks who help them weather all of this. So I, I know, I know. I'm so proud of every one of them. So anyhow, I shall, I shall have go. a good rest of the day. Yes, you too. And um, yeah. I, I'll, I'll send you a note just to confirm that this is, this is going out. Um, the um, cleaning checklist, is that, I can't remember how I got a hold of it. It's on our website. We have an entire COVID section and there's the, um, there's the website or there's the link right in there. I'm happy. I can share it with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Can I, can I share it with the audience? Of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We've got an entire, um, I actually was thinking about that when you were talking about the show notes, I was like, oh yeah, like that traveler persona articles in there. There's the entire COVID resource center. You can share any of that. Um, but I'll, I'll send you the resource center and I'll send you that, that link specifically to the checklist. Okay. And I'll make sure that's on the show notes. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. bye. That was great. Thank you so much, Corinne, for joining me and for sharing your wisdom on the changing nature of traveler behavior and what we can sort of expect as we go into, I, I've, I'm saying it, uncharted territory. <laughs> I hate that expression. You know, the we're all in this together. It's uncharted territory. These are unprecedented times. Yeah, I'm just, uh, just forget I said that because I'm really trying to avoid some of those, uh, some of those expressions. So uh, yeah, interesting, interesting conversation. If you want to download that Breezeway guide, the new cleaning, new COVID-19 cleaning guide, then go to the show notes and you can click on the link there. Um, there's a lot of inf- interesting stuff on the Breezeway website. So I would definitely take a look anyway, if, even if you don't want the uh, cleaning checklist. And uh, and as uh, Corinne said, uh, Breezeway helps every size of company out, whether you're the smallest or the largest. So head on over there and take a look. As you know, I only endorse products, services, and vendors that I know are valuable to you as a host or an owner or a property manager. No one can buy their way into being on the podcast or uh, 
talking about their products. It's it's something that uh, here at VRF we think about a lot before we bring somebody on. And I have to say, I was a little bit burnt, a little bit oh. We're going back four or five years now. And I interviewed somebody and I had not researched their service well enough. And and apparently it was nowhere near as good as I had, as it was made out to be. Or certainly the feedback I got was a little bit more negative, was much more negative than I would have expected. So yeah, that's, that's just to say we only endorse products we like. And we've heard from other people that these products are working for them. So that's that. That's about it for today. Next week's episode is going to be great. We're talking about content. And certainly in this era of more book direct, you need to know how to strategize and how to schedule your content. And I'm talking to a content strategist, a content management expert who is going to share all her wisdom about how we create and schedule out our content and produce an entire year's worth of content plan. So make sure you watch out for that one. So once again, that's it for me for today. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.